Hello, friend. I'm Ron Jones of Something Good Radio. All Scripture is profitable for teaching and reproof. But let's face it, God gave us a lot of Scripture. 66 books and more than 600,000 words, and it can sometimes be a little overwhelming to read. That's why I wrote my new book, The Ultimate Road Trip Through the Bible, to help you navigate your way through the highways and byways of God's Word and see how it all fits together so brilliantly, how every path, every passage, and every page points to Jesus, who is the Christ. The book comes in two volumes. Volume one covers the 39 books of the Old Testament, while volume two takes you through each of the 27 New Testament books. Both are now available to order, and I'd love to send them to you today. Here's Brian with details. The Ultimate Road Trip Through the Bible, Volume 1 and 2, can be yours today by request for your gift of $50 or more to support the ministry of something good. When you order the print versions, you'll also get instant access to the Route 66 Digital Library, a $275 value. The online library includes electronic versions of the book, plus video sermons, audio messages, and downloadable sermon notes on all 66 books of the Bible. Visit somethinggoodradio.org to request the two-volume set and to gain immediate access to the Route 66 Digital Library. That's somethinggoodradio.org. Pastor Ron, there are so many good books published every year. Why should someone buy The Ultimate Road Trip Through the Bible? And who did you have in mind when you wrote these literary travel guides through the Old and New Testaments? You know, Brian, your questions make me think of the words of wise Solomon in Ecclesiastes 12 and verse 12. Of the making of many books, he writes, there is no end. And oh, how true that is. For what it's worth, as a Bible teaching pastor for more than 30 years, the ultimate road trip through the Bible is my way of helping people understand the overall story of Scripture and how all 66 books of the Bible fit together into a unified work of the Holy Spirit. I wrote with all kinds of people in mind, starting with the serious Bible student, even those who teach the Bible. I'm thinking of pastors, Sunday school teachers, and small group Bible study leaders who might use these two volumes in their preparation. But I also wrote for the person who is just getting acquainted with the Bible, which we all know is the best-selling book of all time. Brian, you can read The Ultimate Road Trip Through the Bible from beginning to end like any other book, or place it in your Bible study toolbox. I know that if you're a lifelong learner of God's Word as I am, you will return to The Ultimate Road Trip Through the Bible repeatedly. As companions to your personal Bible study, these books will always help you see the big picture before you dive into the details of any book of the Bible. That's why I'll be ordering my own copy, Pastor Ron. We're so glad you decided to share this important book with us. And you can get your copy today by going to somethinggoodradio.org. Both volumes of this great resource are yours for a gift of $50 or more to support the ministry of Something Good. Give online at somethinggoodradio.org or over the phone by calling our offices at 757-276-1099 or mail your gift to P.O. Box 6245, Virginia Beach, Virginia, 23456.
Well, it just may be the most controversial statement Jesus ever made. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. When he made that claim, he distinguished himself from all other religious leaders and belief systems. Today on Something Good, Dr. Ron Jones explores the meaning behind those words as he continues his series, Why Jesus? Seven Reasons Why He Is Still the One and Only. Stay with us here or drop by somethinggoodradio.org anytime and listen to the broadcast on your schedule. That's somethinggoodradio.org. From John chapter 14, here's Ron with today's Something Good Radio message, The Way, The Truth, and The Life. John chapter 14, and I want to read verses 1 through 6. These are the words of Jesus. Let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and will take you to myself, that where I am, there you may be also. And you know the way to where I am going. Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know the way where you are going. How can we know the way? Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life, and no man comes to the Father except through me. Now, we are nearing the end of our study of the I am statements of Jesus. We've been in this series called Why Jesus, asking the question, why is he still the one and only? And every week when we've come across one of the seven I am statements, we've we've found that they, they are Uh, very provocative in and of themselves. Jesus laid claim to the idea that He is the bread of life and the light of the world and the door of the sheep. He said, I am the good shepherd. Last week, we looked at the time that He said, I am the resurrection and the life. He, He said that after He raised His friend Lazarus from the dead. That's something to read about in John chapter 11. But of all the seven I am statements, and we'll, we'll finish up next week, this is the, the sixth in a series of seven I am's. This is the one that I think is the most provocative for our culture today. Because Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. He didn't say, I am a way a truth, and a life. He didn't say, I'm one among many to follow or to believe in or a life to live out. Uh, He he didn't say, I'll show you the way. You can get a travel agent to do that. Uh, He didn't say, "Um, I'll tell you the truth. A philosopher might wax eloquently about his uh, philosophy of life and tell us truthful things. Uh, He didn't say, I give you life, even though He is the creator of heaven and earth, and He is the giver of life. But a physician can do that. Or or maybe your mama said what my mama said to to me on occasion, I I birthed you, I gave you life, right? No, He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Uh, There's no degree of separation between Himself and these, these concepts or these abstractions, the way, the truth, and the life. A Buddhist said, I am a guide to the way. Muhammad said, I am a teacher of the truth. Jesus said, I am the way. I am the truth, and I am the life. Again, no, no degree of separation 
between the two. And then he adds this thorny little bit that in our culture just rubs so many people wrong. He says, and no one comes to the Father except through me. And when Christians stand up and say that Jesus is the only way and the only truth and the only life, we have people in our culture who bristle at the idea and they say Christians are narrow-minded, they're intolerant, and they're bigoted. And those are the nice things they say about us. <laughs> but let's just remember that when you know, Orthodox Christianity makes this, the claim or the statement that Jesus is the only way and the only truth and the only life, it's not because we made it up or the early apostles made it up and, and we're just, you know, uh, this is just a nice thing to say. These are the words of Jesus. He said these things. So if you've got a problem with it, take it up with Him, not, not with Christians or Orthodox Christianity. Jesus is the one who said, I am the way and the truth and the life, and no man comes to the Father but by me. Now, before we dive deeper into each of these uh, abstractions or these concepts, uh, I want us to understand the setting in which He said this. John chapter 14 is in the middle of one of my favorite sections of Scripture. It's known as the Upper Room Discourse. It's the conversation from John 13 through 17, uh, records the conversation that Jesus had with His disciples on the night before He was crucified. Think of Holy Week, the final week of Jesus' life. They gather in this uh, undisclosed room somewhere in the city of Jerusalem, an upper room, uh, the Bible tells us, and they shared a Passover meal there. And it was during that Passover meal that Jesus began to disclose even more about the cross, and He began to talk to His disciples about the fact that He was leaving them. And naturally, they, they grew troubled in their spirit. They had been with Him for three years, and the sense of loss, this looming sense of loss was coming over them uh, there in that room. I want, you, I want you to feel the tension in the room even as Jesus is talking. And if you had less than 24 hours to live as Jesus did, what would you say to your closest friends and, and followers and family members? Well, what Jesus said to them in part was, guys, uh, let not your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. Again, not, a, not an ounce or a degree of separation between himself and God. And then he goes on to talk about heaven. Do you have a troubled heart? No better way to calm your heart than to think about your eternal home. He says, in my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, I would have told you, uh, and I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and will take you to myself that where I am there you may be also. Now, what's not evident in just a simple reading of the text is the ancient Near Eastern wedding imagery that Jesus is drawing upon here. In an ancient Near Eastern wedding, it's all about the groom. You know, we, we say, here comes the bride, here comes the bride. No, in an ancient Near Eastern, it's here comes the groom, here comes the groom. Because when the bride and the groom get engaged or betrothed, and that had a little bit more of a, of a legal uh, binding nature to it than just a simple engagement like ours, but when the couple was betrothed, uh, the groom would literally go back to his father's house because that's where they were going to live after the wedding ceremony. So he would travel back to his father's house, and for the next, so I don't know, six months, eight months, a year long during the betrothal period, he, he would add rooms to his father's house. So when he brought his bride back and they had a family together and all that, they, they would have a place to live. And so Jesus is saying to the disciples, the troubled disciples in the upper room, he says, I, I, I'm your heavenly groom. 
And in my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, I would have told you. I'm going to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there you may be also. Uh, Here is one of the places where we get the idea of this great uh, Bible prophecy idea of the second coming of Jesus Christ. As Christians today, we await our Savior, our heavenly bridegroom, who is right now with his Father, in his Father's house, building on room after room after room, because in my Father's house are many, many rooms, Jesus says, and I'm coming again to get you the bride of Christ, that is the church, so that you can be where I am and we can live together forever. That's, that's the imagery here. And with that, Jesus comforts his disciples And he says to them in verse uh, 4, and you know the way to where I am going. And that's when one of the disciples named Thomas spoke up. Remember Thomas? We call him Doubting Thomas. Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going. How can we know the way? I think Thomas has gotten a bad rap over the years, you know, Doubting Thomas. I think he's more like Honest Thomas. He's just asking an honest question. He's not the kind of guy that'll sit there in ignorance when he doesn't completely understand something and remain silent in his ignorance. Aren't you glad for the Thomases out there that will ask the question you'd like to ask, but you don't have the courage to ask, right? We've all been there. By the way, this is a safe place to ask hard questions. God can take it. Christianity can take it. There's not a hard question that's been asked or that you want to ask that hasn't been asked about Jesus and his person and his nature and and Christianity for 2,000 years. And believe me, there are good and reasonable answers to those questions. So ask your questions and doubt your doubts along the way. Thomas says, Lord, we don't know where you're going. How can we know the way? And that's when Jesus said, Thomas, it's simple. I am am the way and the truth and the life. And no man comes to the Father but by me. Powerful, powerful words. And words that cut across the grain of our culture today that wants to tell us, no, let's be inclusive. All religious roads lead to the same place. Don't be so intolerant and so narrow-minded, you Christians out there, to say Jesus is the only way. How do we respond to something like that? Don't go away. We're only about halfway through today's message with Dr. Ron Jones, the pastor at Atlantic Shores Baptist Church in Virginia Beach, Virginia. Today's teaching is part of Ron's series, Why Jesus? Seven Reasons He is Still the One and Only. Visit our updated website, somethinggoodradio.org, for more information on this series or to hear any of Ron's daily messages on demand. That's somethinggoodradio.org. When you stop by, check out Something Good Travel. Travel beyond belief with Dr. Ron and Catherine Jones to Bible lands like Israel, Greece, Italy, Jordan, Turkey, and Egypt. Walk in the footsteps of Jesus or navigate Paul's missionary journeys. Several new travel experiences are now open for registration. Learn more at somethinggoodradio.org travel. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. 
In light of this statement, how shall we then live? Answers come your way next in the rest of today's Something Good radio message, The Way, The Truth, and The Life. Once again, here's Dr. Ron Jones. If you're looking for something that is so profound that you scratch your head a little bit, so I don't understand what the pastor said this morning, but it was sure good, you might be a little bit disappointed. This is simple stuff, all right, because I don't want to confuse the very simple response that Jesus gave. This was not a time for, you know, pious platitudes. The disciples, and especially Thomas, just needed the straight stuff. Thomas, I am the way. I am the truth, and I am the life, and no man comes to the Father but by me. It doesn't require a whole lot of, you know, Greek exegesis to figure out what Jesus was saying here. What he said in Greek is the same as what he said here in English. So let's just keep it simple, right? Number one, follow the way. Follow the way. Now, when Jesus talked about the way, the truth, and the life, uh, the, the, the Jews had been thinking about these concepts or these abstractions for many, many centuries. Every thinking Jew thought about the way. They thought about the truth. They thought about the life. And Jesus gives uh, answer to much of this. The Jews talked about uh, the ways of God, for instance, and the way we should walk in them. For example, they would remember Deuteronomy chapter 5 and verse 33, how the Lord spoke and said to Moses, you shall walk in all the way that the Lord your God has commanded you. You shall walk in the Lord's ways. A little bit later, as Moses was having conversation with that generation that would move from this side in the wilderness across the Jordan River and into the Promised Land, and Deuteronomy is a series of speeches and encouragements that Moses gives to that generation. He warned them. He says, I'm afraid that when I'm gone, when I'm dead, he says that you will turn aside from the, from the way of God's commandments. And that was certainly part of Israel's history as time went on. Isaiah the prophet in chapter 30 and verse 21, and your ears shall hear a word behind you saying, this is the way, walk in it. Uh, the way that God would direct Israel for those 40 years in the wilderness. The psalmist David in Psalm chapter 27 and verse 11 cries out, Teach me thy way, O Lord. And then a little bit earlier in the psalm, Psalm chapter 1, one of my favorites, Blessed is he who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners. In the way of sinners. Maybe you're like me and you have one of those smartphones that make you feel dumb once in a while. And I have an app on my phone called Waze, W-A-Z-E. It's a real-time GPS, and it's a really good app. I use it all the time because if you ask my wife, she'll tell you I am directionally challenged. I, I don't know this way from that way. If you tell me to go north, I'm lost before I, I leave the parking lot. I mean, I just have no sense of direction. I, I can't even find the way out of my own house. My wife, on the other hand, God just built her with an, she's got a GPS somewhere in her. She can drive into a city she's never been before. And like her father, my father-in-law just say, no, we need to go this direction. I mean, I'm just all turned around every which way. I need somebody to show me the way or to tell me the way. Better yet, just Take me by the hand and take me there, okay? That's what I'd really like for you to do. Jesus doesn't show us the way. He, he doesn't tell us the way. He is the way. Again, no degree of separation between him and this, what may seem like an abstract concept. 
And this is why the early followers of Jesus in the book of Acts were known as people of the way. Read through the book of Acts and through the uh, writings and the uh, defenses that many of the early followers made of their faith, especially the Apostle Paul, and they often referred to the way. Why? Because Jesus said, I am the way. And the early Christians were known as people of the way. Now, in what way is Jesus the way? Well, again, in the context of John chapter 14, He is the way to the Father's house. He's the way to heaven. Not a way. He is the way to heaven. And there is no other way than the Jesus way. Proverbs chapter 14 and verse 12 says, There is a way that seems right to a man, but its end is the way of death. There are people in our culture today that want us to believe there are many ways to God, that all religious roads basically lead to the same place. Well, not according to Jesus. It's not that Christians are trying to corner the market on religion by saying Jesus is the only way. We're just trying to follow Jesus closely, step by step, because He said, not us, not the early followers of Jesus. Jesus Himself said to His disciples in the upper room, just hours before He was crucified, He laid claim to being the, wait, one way. Jesus is the way, and we are invited to follow it. He is the truth, and we are called to believe it. He is the life, and we are empowered to live it. Thanks so much for being here for today's Something Good Radio message, The Way, The Truth, and The Life. Visit somethinggoodradio.org to hear any of Dr. Ron Jones' messages on demand or to contact us for prayer. That's somethinggoodradio.org. Hello, friend. I'm Ron Jones of Something Good Radio. If you've been with us for a while, if you're a regular listener and God is using this broadcast in your life, I want to speak directly to you. When you first tuned in or streamed something good, did you know that other people paid to air that program? We call them our ministry partners. They have people just like you in mind when they donate monthly to something good, which is a 100% listener-supported ministry. Now that you're a regular listener, will you do the same? Will you help us share something good with someone else? We created the 828 Club for people who choose to partner with this ministry through prayer and monthly financial support. It's based on Romans 828, which in the message says, every detail in our lives of love for God is worked into something good. I'm asking you to prayerfully consider joining the 828 Club today by giving $28 or more per month to share something good with someone else. And when you do, we'll send you some resources to help you grow in your relationship with God. It's our way of saying thanks for your partnership in this gospel ministry. So please join the 828 Club today. Here's Brian with all the details. Remember, when you partner with us, we'll start by sending you a copy of Rod's popular book, Mysteries of the Afterlife, exploring its amazing secrets. Other 828 Club benefits will arrive throughout the year. To join the 828 Club today, look for Something Good Partners at somethinggoodradio.org. That's somethinggoodradio.org or call 757-276-1099. Gravity 
is true of all places, for all people, and at all times. Uh, gravity is not true in Virginia, but not true in California. If you have any doubts about this, just travel to California, and the gravitational pull of the earth will be the same here as it is there. Gravity is not true on Monday, but not true on Thursday. It's not true for white people, but not true for black people or Hispanics or some other ethnicity. Gravity is a scientific truth. It's true for all people in all places at all times. If you have any doubts about that, climb the tallest building, jump off, but you will not have an opportunity to do it someplace else because gravity, boom, will kick in. It's true in all places at all times and for all people. Well, the same is true with morality. That's next time in part two of Dr. Ron Jones' message, The Way, The Truth, and The Life. Join us then for Something Good. For Ron and the entire team here at Something Good Radio, I'm Brian Davis saying God bless and thanks for listening.